Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorns or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many deeds of power in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you evildoers. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was its fall. Now, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, not as their scribes. The word of the Lord. Jesus' parable, we see two builders. They both lay a foundation. They both encounter storms. Two aspects of life that we both have in common, that we all have in common. We all have to build our life upon something. And we all have storms. Storms are inevitable. Now here's where the differences come in. Foolish man builds his house on sand. The wise man builds his house on rock. So when those storms come, foolish man's house crumbles into the sea. And the wise man, same storm, same elements, his house remains intact. We have been studying and learning from Jesus for two months. And throughout, Jesus has been heeding warnings of what not to build our lives upon. Do not store up treasures on earth where moth and rust consume where thieves steal. Do not allow your reputation, what you think people think of you, about you, to serve as your foundation of your life. Can you think of other sandy foundations that people build their lives upon? Maybe people's appearances. You know Americans spend $15 billion a year on cosmetic surgery? I say to people, I said, there's only one person who is undefeated. Only one. You know who that is? Father Time. Father Time is undefeated. Wins every time. 
So our appearances, no matter how much we try, how much money we spend, is not the ground that we should be building our life upon. Other people choose to spend their life building their life upon their careers. And I have seen where when their careers come to an end and when it's time for retirement, they're the ones that have the biggest, the hardest time for their transition because they have established their identity on what they do, on the degrees that they have. And man, it's hard for them to enter into a new season of life. That shouldn't be our foundation, our careers. Here's another one that's very common. Our families. I am a huge Brandy Carlisle fan. She is one of my favorite musicians. And I get to go to her concerts. And last summer we were attending. I love the performers that they share with you what the song's about. And in between songs, they give you insight. And I remember last summer, she was sharing with the entire crowd this new song that is on her latest album. It's called You and Me on the Rock. And she's told the story about how she grew up going to church, going to Sunday school, and she knew that song. She knew the song, the wise man built his house upon the rock. And she's singing it. And then she tells a part of her life where she was 15 years old and she came out to her congregation as gay. Remember we talked about last week? Judge not, lest you be judged. The top two perceptions that people have of Christians. Number one, being anti-LGBTQ. And two, being overly judgmental. Man, her church let her have it. Very painful time in her life. And she, like many people do, said, I don't want anything to do with that. She continued to live her life. She met an amazing woman. She gets married. They have a beautiful family. And she says, this song, You and Me on the Rock, is about my new foundation, my spouse. And it sounds like they have a wonderful life, the healthy marriage. When I heard that, what concerned me, whether it's Brandy, Carlisle, or anybody, is that's a lot of pressure to put on somebody. Whether it's your kids, whether it's your spouse, they are not meant to be the foundation of your lives. It is simply too much pressure. And when you do that, you're setting yourself up for some failure that when those storms come, that your life can crumble. If you've noticed money, reputation, career, family, appearances, these are all good things. These are all important aspects of our lives. But Jesus clearly says that there is one thing that should be the foundation of our life. Jesus Christ. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things that are good will be added unto you. So here we are, 
We're the crowd. We're coming down from the mountain. We've heard Jesus' sermon. We've listened to his teachings. In many instances, it's really clear what Jesus lays out. And then Jesus finishes by saying, you have a decision to make. Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. Basically, are you going to do what I've taught? Maybe it's the old Nike slogan. Just do it. There are Christians, there are professors, there are pastors. They know all about Christian doctrines, Christian dogmas. I know a couple professors. They're in the very same department. Won't speak to each other. Haven't spoken to each other for decades. Write snarky things about the other in their articles and their research. And I wonder, as knowledgeable and as intelligent as they are, are they treating one another as they want to be treated? Are they loving their enemies? Plenty of people that come to church on Sundays been baptized, been confirmed, know Bible passages, know the Apostles' Creed, know the Lord's Prayer. Once they drive out that parking lot, their life and their priorities look very different. Jesus calls them wolves in sheep's clothing. That is some pretty harsh language. It says their lives are contrary to the life that I have called you to. A life where God's will and not our own takes precedent. A life where we are called to serve instead of be served. A life where we are called to be generous instead of taking and hoarding and holding on to. A life where we are willing to forgive and where we seek reconciliation instead of holding on to grudges and hard feelings. So Jesus finishes up and doesn't pull any punches here, does he? He says, if you're not being obedient to my commands, I never knew you. Get away from me. At the end of the day, build your life upon me. My teachings, my way of life. Just do it. Allow me to be your Lord. Now, that word Lord is a word we use quite often. It's a word right here in the scripture. These people refer to Jesus as Lord. And yet these very same people in their time of judgment are turned away. So to have someone be Lord means that they have authority over your life. You are then subject to their commands. That is entering into a life of discipleship, a life of obedience. That's not a very popular word these days, obedience. But it's an important word as we are in the season of Lent, when we reflect on our own lives, are we doing what Jesus has taught us? This would be a time of the worship service 
where we would have an altar call in certain traditions. Don't worry, we're not going to have an altar call. Maybe some of you are starting to get nervous. <laughs> but we've been studying Jesus' words, his Sermon on the Mount, for two months. We're coming to the end of this sermon series, and it is appropriate to ask, is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Do you acknowledge his authority over you? Do you place him in that number one spot? Because something's there. It can't sit empty. If it's not him, it's someone else or something else. The second question is this. If you acknowledge Christ as Lord, are you doing what he taught? Are you striving to do what he has taught you? Or are you giving them lip service. Jesus says you can fool others. Sometimes you could even fool yourself. But I know. I know your true intentions. I know what your priorities are. I know what's in your heart. And when the time of judgment comes, you will be judged accordingly. We're in the fourth season, fourth Sunday of Lent. This isn't a lectionary passage, but sure feels like a Lenten passage where we have a time of reflection. We talk about obedience. Does this feel heavy? It does to me as I'm bringing this together. It feels heavy. It feels like an enormous decision, and it is. And so I started thinking about, well, what does this look like? I start thinking about someone that so many of us knew, Pat Richards. Did Pat believe that Jesus was Lord of her life and deserving that number one spot? Yes, she did. Then did she go about living it out in her work, interactions with other people? She sure did. Did storms come her way? Mm-hmm. And did the life that she built upon her rock, her foundation, Jesus Christ, allow her house to hold firm? Every single time. There's nothing heavy or burdensome about it when you see it in action. Her life was light and free and joyful and filled with peace and love and wonderful relationships. Let me finish with this. This is an analogy that I'm borrowing from a mentor, pastor of mine. His name is Reverend Earl Palmer. And... He says, imagine this. Imagine Jesus is the one flying the kite. And each and every one of you, you're the kite soaring in the air. Now that string is a life of obedience. That's what the string is. So you're the kite, 
Obedience is a string. Jesus is the kite flyer. Imagine you as the kite starting to think these thoughts. This string is keeping me down. It's limiting me. It is holding me back from soaring higher, from going up to where I want to go. I should be in control, not that tiny person down there. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to cut that string. Clip. What happens? Down it goes. All the way to the ground. Now it's not really even a kite. It's just a bunch of fabric, a couple sticks. God has designed you to live a particular way. It's right here in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It's in the four Gospels where we first acknowledge him as our Lord and then we obey his teachings. When we do that, what a life we live. We soar. It isn't heavy. It isn't burdensome. It isn't dull or boring. It's light. It's liberating. It's free. It's wonderful. Amen.